I think the world is in a challenged place right now. I think most people would agree that there's a lot of division. There's a lot of uh, challenges that we face. And, you know, the bottom line is who's going to fix this? It's not going to be us because we're all like we're getting older, like and the problems are getting worse. If we're going to have a better earth with more compassion, with more unity, with more collaboration, with more abundance, it's really going to have to be our children that carry that torch. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Mental Purpose Podcast. Super excited to have you here because today, well, like all of them, they're all special to me. And this one's really special because this guy, my guest, Mike McCarthy, has been a, um, a crucial, pivotal, influential, important person to me in my growth and development as a, as a man, but especially as a leader and a father and a husband. Then I met Mike, I don't know, maybe six years ago uh, at my first GoBundance event. Uh, and if you don't know what GoBundance is, you can check it out online. It's a, a really cool mastermind and networking organization for, for high-performance guys and women. And you know, I saw Mike sitting on stage and I, I thought, man, like that, that guy's got his stuff together, man. And I, I, how do I get there? How do I do that? And then I joined Mike for what's called fan abundance. And we, we started this, this uh, cool relationship and it wasn't like super close or anything, but I just, I learned so much from Mike and his wife, Lindsay, um, really as parents and as business owners and as husband, husband and wife as a couple and really took their teachings and stuff that they were learning and implemented it in my relationship with my daughter at the time, with my wife, with our business, uh, uh, with our employees, and really realized the depth and meaning that the legacy you leave is literally nothing unless you are actually shifting and leading and growing yourself to be a better human, to show people how to be better humans. I always thought it was money. So today, Mike and I are gonna be talking about legacy. First and foremost, before we get rolling, if you haven't already, which I don't know why you haven't, there's so many people that listen to this podcast, you got to take action. You want to be on purpose? You got to take action. Go to the Mental Purpose community on Facebook, join, and, and just live with us in this ecosystem. I mean, guys are getting so much out of this freaking group because it's a place that they know they can go and trust that they're safe, that they can talk about the shit they're going through. They can talk about their feelings and be vulnerable, maybe for the first time in their lives and actually know that they're supported and actually know that they're, they're held and there's a solid foundation for them to build off of because we've got content and curriculum. We've got our mastermind that launches like every two weeks based on our demand. And that is truly amazing. It's a, it's, it's a 90 day program with Aaron and I live coaching 14 calls. You get, uh, the curriculum, you get the, the alumni group. I mean, there's so many cool things about what we're putting together. We've got courses, we've got all kinds of stuff for people. De depends on where you are. And we'll just, we'll find something that'll meet you where you are and, and you can roll. So if you haven't already joined, push pause, go join it. The Mental Purpose Community right now on Facebook. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast, the Mental Purpose Podcast on wherever you listen, iTunes, Spotify, wherever. So check it out. I'll give you a little bit about my experience with Mike. And, you know, Mike's just a good person. 
and I don't listen, is Mike perfect? No, none of us are. But Mike has just been that guy in my life that I can look up to and solidly trust. I mean, look, there are other people in my life that that do this for me, but Mike's been one of those guys. And I think in all honesty, he didn't know about it in the beginning. But that's that's one of the secrets that we're going to talk about is whether it's your family, your employees, your neighbor, your friends, if you're a leader, if you're a man on purpose, or you're becoming a man on purpose, everybody's watching you and not in the people are watching me. What are they thinking of me phase or, or sense? They're watching you as a model. They're looking at how you conduct your business. They're looking at how you conduct yourself in public with your family, the things that you say you're committed to and then follow through on people are watching you. Just when we think that our lives are shit and we're envious of someone else, I 100% guarantee you that someone is watching your life right now saying, God, I wish I could be that dude or that woman. I guarantee that. And so Mike was that guy for me. And I looked at him and I knew that he was committed and his integrity was so strong to his personal growth that I could trust that I could follow him. And I could trust that I could model after him because I knew he wouldn't let me down. I knew he wouldn't stop growing. I knew his mission was big. And so to have him on the podcast is really is special. It's really cool. So I'm going to read you Mike's bio so you can get a little uh, deeper sense of who Mike is. And then we'll get rolling. The episode's awesome. We're going to talk about parenting. We're going to talk about Mike's new book, The um, Miracle Morning for Families Playbook. Uh, that's right. Like Mike and his wife, Lindsay did a project with Hal Elrod and, and wrote the miracle morning for families a couple years ago. And now they've got a, now they've got a new edition coming out that you want to get, which is very practical and tactical, just a playbook to get you right into action. We're going to talk about hustle culture and those dangers. We talk about that a lot. We talk about counterbalance versus balance, the surface, um, clarity on legacy, challenging entrepreneurs to really understand what that is beyond money. And really, like the episode says, this is a purposeful parent playbook. So whether or not you're a parent, you're going to get something out of this. But if you are a parent, you're going to get a lot more out of this. But Mike drops wisdom the entire time. He's super smart, dialed in. I really enjoy this episode. And, and, and just watching Mike evolve and being a model of a man on purpose for me and uh, for a lot of other guys out there. So Mike McCarthy is a husband. He's a father and a serial entrepreneur over the past two decades. He is grateful to have played a major role in the growth and expansion of Keller Williams to become the number one real estate company in the world. And as a regional operating partner for the greater Pennsylvania region, he is proud to lead 10,000 agents. That's right, 10,000 agents under Mike in over 50 locations and over 20 billion, or the B, in real estate sales in 2020 alone. Mike's the co-founder of GoBundance Mastermind, like I was talking about earlier the co-author of the Tribe of Millionaires book with David Osborne and Pat Hyben, um, The Miracle Morning for Parents and Families, and the uh, accompanying family playbook, which is what we're talking about today. He's a group facilitator and a motivational speaker. He's passionate about sharing wisdom that helps entrepreneurial family, families increase collaboration and connection, co-create shared values and goals, and form rituals and traditions that help them thrive together. Mike's just an amazing guy. You guys are gonna love this episode. And Look, I love your feedback. Absolutely love your feedback. The one that we did, uh, I don't know when this is going to come out, but you know, back in November uh, on the 15th, we released Akshay Nanavati's episode. 
your feedback was incredible, absolutely incredible. And it helps me understand my course and whether we need to shift pattern or try something different or stay on course. You guys are telling us to stay on course. So I really appreciate that. Really grateful for that. So this is Mike McCarthy's episode. It's really packed. So seriously, pen and paper, I'm not joking, pen and paper. Because people who are on purpose, they not only take action, but they're coachable and they constantly are seeking new education from any source they can. So I hope you enjoy and we'll, uh, well, we'll see you on every episode. <laughs> enjoy. All right, Mike, welcome, dude. It's, uh, it's interesting that you and I are talking because we've known each other for like, I don't know, six years, something like that. Like I was, like, we were just talking about this, but I remember I came to the first Go Abundance event that I'd ever been to in, in I think Tahoe and maybe 2016, the beginning of 2016. And like, I see you up there on stage. And in my mind, I'm like, how do I meet those guys? How do I get to those guys? I, I want, I want the guys that are running the show. And then you fast forward over the last, let's just say year, like maybe 2017, I did fan abundance with you. Yeah. And then like this year, the dynamic has changed. And it's, it's just an interesting concept I like to think about because people kind of come in and out of your life and come back into your life based on how you evolve, not the effort you put into the actual relationship. But you and I are now sitting here like this, collaborating on your new projects and your mission, which serves my mission uh, because of our own growth points in our lives, our, our own personal growth. And I think that's just a really special thing. Yeah, man, it's uh, it's great. We never know what the universe holds for us, but uh, it, it wants the best for us. And it tends to line up the things that are important at the right time in the right place. And sometimes when we try to force it or make it happen, it can actually work against us. There's a lot to be said for going with the flow. Uh, and that can be counterintuitive in sort of the hustle culture of today of Let's drive it. Let's make it happen. Let's control it. But I think at, at every point, some on, entrepreneurs will realize that they've got to let let go of some attachment, let go of some control and really pay attention to what's showing up because there's greater forces at work in our lives than than our own minds and our own will. So, yeah, well, let's let's talk about that for a second, because there's a lot of guys that are going to listen to this guys that, you know, that you're going to kind of attract to the podcast to hear this episode. And, and obviously our audience, you know, there, that hustle culture, I think is, and we talk about this all the time. I had a really good conversation with Chris Lockhead about it. That hustle culture is dangerous, especially for younger guys who don't have the experience of knowing that surrender and flow needs to happen in a business and in, in, in stages and certain times has to happen. What do you think people need to do? Or like, what do you think people can do to take that step back? Meanwhile, their habits are like, go, 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 hustle, 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 grind, grind, grind. What are the detriments there? And then what can people do to start to, to tailor that back so they can actually maybe get their life back, you know? Yeah, I mean, well, you've got to have some form of balance. And, uh, you know, balance is a bit of an illusion. Uh, as we learn, or I've learned from Gary Keller, it's really counterbalancing. So like even when a ballerina is standing on uh, their tippy toes, you know, in that position that we've all seen, they're not really just stationary. They're actually making slight balances 
in order to maintain what looks like a total balance, but it's counterbalancing. And I think that's, that's what we have to realize. And I think, I think what you have to do is carve out the time to, for self-care, for silence, for reflection, and make sure that you almost make that your priority. That's what's so beautiful about what Hal Elrod put together was, you know, obviously getting up early and uh, working on yourself and meditating and all of the things that Hal teaches, they, they're all good practices, but he really packaged them into, you know, six exercises that you should do every morning and really challenge people to do that for one hour. And so if you think about it in terms of, well, if you can work on yourself for an hour a week or an hour a day, what does that look like? And I think we have to look at that as self-leadership, right? That's yeah. when we take care of ourselves, we learn what we need to learn. We evolve, we journal, we, we reflect upon our vision and our goals and what we want. And then I also think there's something to be said for where you're at in your journey. There's definitely been a time when I've had to hustle. You know, I've had to put in long hours, um, but you've, you've got to balance that with, well, if I, if I spend, you know, three months working on the launch of a book, I also need to go on three week long trips with my family where we're just hanging out with family and carve that time out or week to week, you know, at a minimum, be carving out an hour to sit down with your family, which is part of what we'll get into with the new playbook we released, but carving out that hour once a week or, you know, every couple of weeks, because we don't hit ours every single week. We're not perfect, but I think you've got to carve out the time daily, weekly, monthly to really focus on what matters most. Then you, then you have the energy and the strength to, to hustle and go all in on the things that matter. Otherwise, we're just constantly working because we want to put in the hustle level of work, which is like 12, 16-hour days, and it becomes a badge of honor, like how much I worked today. But it's not really about how much you work or the hours you put in. It's really the results that you get. And uh, yeah. you want to be happy with those results, too. So if you're if you're tired, you're exhausted, you're stressed, your family's upset with you because you're never home, like how could you possibly enjoy the success that you're having in that scenario? So, yeah. You know, what's really interesting is I learned that lesson the hard way. My first, my first year, like I really had been in personal development since like 2013 when I first, you know, kind of, you know, 2012 is when I got into real estate. And I was in Dale Carnegie training before that with my dad's business, but I never saw it as personal development. I saw it as professional development yeah. and it wasn't, I wasn't working on me. I was working on my skills, you know, externally. And then 2016 was the year that I was like, well, I'm going balls deep on this thing. But what I did was I hustled personal development. And most people who know me know this story. Like I, I read 65 books. And I, you know, went to spend a hundred thousand dollars and I went to every freaking seminar and everything, everything that you guys did and everything that Tony Robbins did and everything landmark did. And, and I got to the end of the year and my wife said, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much done with this. I, I think we should probably move on from this marriage. And all I could think was, yeah, but I did the work. And that's when I learned the very big difference between who you are and what you do. 
and the being and the doing of life. And from that time forward, I really realized that I was hustling as a avoidance of pain and fear. Yeah. And from that point on, like that just didn't work anymore at all. And the relationships changed and the business changed because I slowed down and started focusing and making me a priority. But before that, like many guys who were listening to this, I didn't give a shit about me. I was a cog in the wheel. My, I was my own cog in my own wheel. I was a provider for the family. That's your job. Do that or you're worthless and do it at a high level or you're a loser and keep up with these guys or you're nothing. And that's it. And that was my thought process. And it's from nobody but me. But that's how I thought. And, and the hustle could have, could have ruined my family. Now, like you, I, there are many times I've six businesses. Like I hustle starting this podcast. I hustled, you know, building our curriculum for mental purpose and front runner. I hustled, but I also counterbalanced that. Like you said earlier with downtime, like days and days and days where I don't do anything weekends that I don't touch my phone Mondays where I call people. I'm like, Hey, I'm not doing anything today. See ya. We cancel my meetings because I have to counterbalance. It's a great point about counterbalance. So then what, what was like, uh, I kind of want to get into your background a little bit. What was that like pivotal point for you? Like where, where was the pivotal point? Was it 15 years ago? Was it 10 years ago, five years ago where you said, man, I, I need to make a drastic change in my life here. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I was, uh, kind of opposed to working with my father because we had grown up and he was a, a tough leader. He was tough on me. And, uh, I, and my mom and, and he both worked a lot. They were gone a lot. And, uh, so I really didn't want to work with my dad. That wasn't what I set out to do. And when I graduated uh, college, I joined him as his assistant, sort of begrudgingly. Like I just, I had my license, but I also wasn't making any money yet. Um, and I was sort of at a crossroads and I started working with him as his assistant and he had just begun uh, developing the Keller Williams franchises in Pennsylvania, Southern Jersey and Delaware. And uh, I started to help him out with that. And my job was to sort of map out the territories and look at how many franchises could we have. And then in those territories, I would figure out who the top agents were and then I would I would cold call those top agents, set up meetings, and my dad and I would go out there and meet with them. And, and then I learned the process of how to recruit, how to launch a franchise, how to, how to really walk somebody through that. And it was supported by a lot of great training from Keller Williams as well. So my job on some level was pretty simple. But what changed for me and turned on the, the sort of light bulb for wanting to hustle was when I crunched all the numbers and I looked at the opportunity and I was like, holy crap. Like, cause we were coming from Colorado, which yeah. had like 16 franchises and didn't have room for many more. And I was able to count like at least 50 franchises that we could for sure do in the new, this other territory. And that's when I was like, all right, I'm all in on yeah. Keller Williams you know, working with my dad, even though, you know, we still butted heads and everything, but I was all in. And that's when I really hustled for, you know, a good decade or longer 
of like making my calls every day, setting big goals, like doing my thing. And, you know, some point in like a couple years in, my dad and I had butted head so many times. He was kind of like, hey, you know, if you're going to, if you think you can lead this thing, then go for it and I'll move to Florida and you handle all the recruiting and all of, all of the launching of market centers. And it was me and one other employee who we, we still work with and have on our team today, Paula Hafe. She's an amazing uh, leader. And it was just her and I, you know, launching these franchises and, um, you know, somewhere along the way that we, and just to bring it back full circle is I became a young regional director. I won sales awards for number of franchises sold. I, I made our region much bigger than the original region that we were partners in Colorado. We bought our partner out of Pennsylvania and he bought us out of Colorado. And really everything that I had been working on for 10 years came to fruition. But there was a point in time when I sort of looked up and I said, is this really it? Like, I don't, like, I thought I would feel amazing if I got to this point. Like, yeah. why am I not feeling fulfilled? Why am I not happy? Why, you know, like, why am I even borderline depressed? And, and the reality was, is that I hadn't taken care of myself along that journey. I had only hustled. And I, I was eating fast food. I was probably drinking too much, you know, and I actually weighed 195 pounds when I sort of had this breakthrough, which wow. is, which is pretty heavy for a guy that's five, eight. So I had put on <laughs> yeah. some, put on some pounds. It wasn't muscle either. I could tell you that much, but um, I finally looked in the mirror and I was like, you know, I need to ask for help. I think that's a big, big deal for men, especially is to, to say, Hey, even though it looks like externally, I have all this success and have been uh, given a, a great opportunity and then capitalized on that opportunity. Um, but I really needed to slow down. I hired a coach that I still work with today, actually, um, named Janai Lane. And she worked with me on being more still, surrendering, uh, healing some of my old traumas and my old identities, having more compassion for myself and for others. And you know, that's when I began to really find my true and higher purpose in life versus just the one that was societal or fam uh, family driven, which was I wanted to prove to my dad I could do this. I also wanted society to see me as successful. And in some ways, I wanted to get out from underneath the shadow of, of my father because he, he had led me into this business. And so I realized that I needed to like leave that all in the past, be grateful for it and, and move forward. And that's when I really um, started having more and more success building a team around me and giving more of the credit and even, even the, uh, the opportunity to others other than myself. And, you know, now we have a really badass team in, in uh, the Keller Williams, greater Pennsylvania region. John Clyde, Michelle McBride, um, uh, Paula Hafe, George, George Kelly, Chris Stevens. These are all people that are now on our team helping to lead the region. And they just do an amazing job. But I had to really get out of my own way and find out what made me happy. It wasn't actually the selling of the franchises part or 
you know, checking the box on all of the goals. It was actually seeing other people grow into opportunities and watching the business grow um, through other people instead of putting it all on my own back and making it happen. Yeah, dude, it's, I, I really, I feel you on that because I worked with my dad for my entire life until I was 29 years old. Became very successful, very wealthy uh, in my 20s. Um, and then lost it all at 29 and thought, well, it, it was the economy, you know, like kind of a victim mindset. And then getting into real estate, I kind of ran that same pattern of well, I'm worthless unless I'm providing at a high level, same thing you described. And it was only until I learned that like you only win real wealth through others is when my business really started to change, but I got to a certain place and that's that my net worth hit a certain level. My business hit a certain level. My income hit a certain level. And I was like, where's the party? Where's the balloons and streamers? And like, where's the champagne? And why aren't people celebrating me? And why, why is there not a limo outside? Like I did it. And I realized like, no one cares. Nobody gives a shit. You have to care. And I realized that like, I wasn't fulfilled. And I feel you on that. Like I actually got more depressed because I just spent two years nose down, building, grinding, hustling, and leaving everything else behind that I should have been paying attention to or, or, or just not paying attention to it. And I know that's going to ring true with a lot of guys, a lot of guys who are listening to this because we're taught that we're taught that hustle culture. We're taught that, like, just grind it out. You'll, uh, you got retirement, maybe in 10 years, you can start taking some vacations. And then what you just built a habit. I had this conversation at our front runner event last weekend. You, you, you just built a habit for 20 years of grinding and hustling. You think that the day you hit it, that you're just going to go and sit on the beach somewhere. Like it doesn't work like that. You're going to sit there for a week and then go, oh, maybe I can sell surfboards over there. And then you're going to grind and hustle that. And it just doesn't, it doesn't work. I think your message is exactly what guys need to hear, especially in this day and age um, where technology is more prevalent than ever. Leverage is more prevalent than ever. Education is more prevalent than ever. Like there's no reason to live in the shit, in the trauma, in the past conditions, in the shadows, there's no reason to do that anymore. You literally can, you have so many resources. This podcast is only one of millions of resources that can teach you or lead you or guide you to getting out of your own way and actually opening up this life that you want that doesn't include all the stuff that you just don't like anymore. So I'm really, I'm glad you brought that up, man. Really glad you brought that up. And, and asking for help and hiring a coach was probably the hardest thing that I, I had to do because I had to realize that, or I realized, um, again, like I had to get out of my dad's shadow. I realized that the only reason I went into business with my dad was because one, I loved him and really wanted to be around him all the time. And two, I didn't think that I could create what he had created. I didn't think that I was ever going to be as good as him and build a business like him and create a life that, you know, lifestyle for our family that he created for, for me and my mom. So I didn't know that until years later, that insecurity was running through me, but I, I, I self-discovered that by getting all the other stuff out of my way. And that was just, uh, that was a game changer, a big game changer. And that's when, that's when the mental and purpose world, the big coaching world, like that's when that opened up and said, Hey, you're not going to win through selling real estate anymore. You're going to win through helping people sell real estate, you know, coaching, and you're going to help other men win through being able to uh, speak with their wives openly and value themselves and say, yeah, I am worth it to get up an hour earlier before my kids and 
and actually do something for myself. Even if it's just sit there and listen to a, a motivational, you know, thing for 10 minutes, you're building a habit of valuing you. And that's the only way this thing works in a sustainable manner, in a sustainable manner. You can hustle and grind this thing until you die, but it's going to be miserable. Absolutely going to be miserable. So I, I love that, man. Like I, I know I've known you for a long time and I don't, I haven't heard all those details of the story, but now it, it's like a full circle. And, and I, I love hearing your journey and you know, there's a, there, there's so much to be proud of, but you weren't proud of yourself for a long time. Right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It was just tough to, um, cause you don't, sometimes you don't know what you really want. Right. I mean, you've yeah. got to, you got to get a lot of clarity and, you know, coaching helps with that so much. Um, you know, now I have a coach for almost everything. I have a relationship coach that my wife and I talk to every other week. I have a, a coach that works with me on letting go of the past and, and, and childhood trauma. Um, I have a spiritual healer, a coach that I work with, the one that I mentioned earlier. And then I have a personal trainer that I work with. I have a nutritionist that I work with. Um, you know, so you start to realize like yeah. there are people out there that can help you get to where you want to go faster and also help you to get clear on what it is you really want. Because I think, you know, oftentimes we're, we're, we're letting other outside forces inform us as to what we really want. And, and the reality is, is we got to go deep within ourselves and figure out who, who are we really? If we strip away father, regional director, regional owner, co-founder of this or that, and we strip away all these identities, what's really left? You know, there's a human being in there that has gifts, has talents, has uh, things that only they can do. And I think it's our duty to really strip away those those outside layers that we we build up and find out who am i truly at my core and once we do then we can find those talents those strengths those passions and we can go deliver them in the world in a way that is so fulfilling that it doesn't even matter what kind of money you're making or if anybody even is giving you kudos or credit for it because it's yeah. just intrinsic coming from within um, the feeling of fulfillment, uh, because you're, you're giving something and in turn, you're getting what you really need is like, I'm making a difference. I'm doing, I'm on my purpose. I'm, I'm walking the path that God intended me to walk. And I think it, you know, so many people get lost in what society wants, what their parents want, what, you know, what, what marketing tells us we need, you know, we're, we're bombarded with all of these things that we think matter. And, social media just amplifies all of that BS massively too. So we've got to get in internal and really figure out who are we, what do we want? And uh, it's not so easy. It takes time and it takes patience. I think we're sometimes we're, we were taught like, Oh, you, you figure out what you want to do. You pick a vocation, you go do that. And it's yeah. so easy, but it's not so easy really to find something that's truly in line with your heart and where you want to, where you want to spend your, your hours. Cause we only have so many hours on this planet, you know, only so many days, hours, weeks, um, and then we're gone. And what do we leave when, when we're gone, you know, it's how we made people feel. It's the impact that we've had on others. 
and maybe a legacy that has to do with wealth or businesses, but also it goes beyond that. It's like, what did we teach our children? You know, what values did we instill in them? What character strengths uh, did we did we really help them develop? And then did we help them find their passion? Because, you know, a lot of times, you know, an entrepreneur might figure that out for themselves and be off chasing it, but do they slow down and really help their children to discover that if they have children, uh, sometimes they outsource that to, you know, just one half of the family. So the spouse is responsible for it. And then, or they outsource it to the spouse and to the school or just the school. And we know the school is not going to teach purpose and goal setting and, you know, relationships and all the things that, that matter most. So it's a, it's an interesting uh, dilemma and it's interesting how the world works so counterintuitively, right? It's just, it just doesn't always add up. Two plus two doesn't always equal four. You've got to look for, for this, the, the uh, miracle within everything and, and understand that we're so blessed to be here living. Like the, the chances of us being alive, I don't know the exact numbers, but it's like to have made it and be alive as a human being, one that's fully capable too. like the odds are really stacked against us. So we got to be grateful for the fact that we have a chance to live our purpose and be here. How old um, there? There's so many, there's so many good things in that. I will open that up. The the legacy piece, I think is, uh, it was my turning point when I realized like my focus was on money as a legacy. And, um, my dad said to me, you've never felt regret and depression um, until you realize that you've wasted a lifetime doing something that you didn't like. You'll, you'll never know what that's like. And I, I don't think he was talking from personal experience, a little bit maybe, but he said a legacy isn't about money. Result is money. Like money just gets left because a great legacy is, is there. The focus isn't, I want to leave my kids $5 million so they can do whatever. It's, I want to make sure that my kids are so damn set up for financial literacy and understanding how to set goals and, and uh, practice self-care and, and discipline and chase their dreams and have a vision and all those things. Oh, and by the way, as like a little cherry on top, here's five mil, you know what I mean? To get you rolling, but you set them up for success, not for basically ultimate failure, which is what happens if you look at statistics. Most of the guys that leave big money to their kids the kids blow it one they're not trained two they're pissed off because they didn't get what they wanted from the parents and all the parents all the kids wanted was love and attention and affection and 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 education like proper education not schooling but real education like what was that turning point for you in your life did did you have kids yet or did was it before kids where you were like okay i'm making this real i'm making a serious pivot here Well, I mean, I think really for me to become the kind of person who could have my children and attract my wife, I had to go do do a lot of work on myself. And I think through doing that and getting to a point where I was relatively good at leading my own self, um, that's really when God blessed me with an amazing wife and two beautiful children. And then then a lot of the real learning began, right? Because now, now it's like one thing to lead yourself, but then you've also got to be able to uh, 
uh, lead in your family. And, and I believe in leadership being a team effort. I don't think that any one person should necessarily be the leader of anything. I think leadership is a team sport. And so it's really about how do we collaborate as a couple and as a family. But I think, you know, a turning point for me around this was when probably when I first met you and I had become the CEO of GoBundance back in 2015 and I took the, the torch and ran with it for three years and developed a lot of the programs and things that still exist today like FanBundance and GoPods and uh, you know some of those, uh, the way that we do events. And uh, when I took that role, I was only enabled to, to do that because I had a great team around me in my real estate uh, business. And so I took this role and about a month in, I looked around and I said, oh my God, I, I just took on this massive responsibility and the people that are going to pay for this are my children. You know, it's going to be my children. Time with them is where, yeah. where I just gave up a lot. And so I made a decision that I would bring them along for the journey like I would let this be something that could impact them. And that's how FamBundance was born. And that's why we started leading masterminds that were tailored to our members' families. And it's also why I started to, to do things like goal setting with my family and the miracle morning with my family is I started saying, you know what, I'm going to start young when they're, you know, they were, uh, they were three and seven when we first started like doing the miracle morning together and setting goals as a family and asking them what their goals were. And so I think it's just through that, um, that turning point of like, Hey, I'm an entrepreneur. Am I going to keep just building the next thing? Or am I going to actually think one generation, two generations, three generations down the road and how can I set them all up for success? And it's not about, like you said, it's not about giving them any amount of money. In fact, Warren Buffett has been quoted as saying, uh, give your kids to, enough to do anything, but not enough to do nothing. Yeah. So set them up That's with the education, point. you know, set them up with the ability to learn what they need to learn from you, from the family. Um, but, but don't give them the blank check. There's a book called Entrusted, too, that's a good read about family legacy. And in there, they talk about giving your children the flint and the kindling, but not the fire. And you had mentioned, like, they're not, they wouldn't be ready for it anyways. Like, the, most people don't know what to do with $5 million, even if they got it, other than go spend as much of it as they can. So yeah. you have to really train somebody to be able to do that. And I often say your legacy is only as strong as the hands that you equip to carry it forward. So like you could have, you could be hundred million, 200 million, a billion and thinking that you're building this all for your family. But if you haven't equipped your children to handle the pressures and the complexity and the taxing and the trust and the, you know, all of the complexities, which are good problems to have to solve, by the way, because uh, they, they mean that you've, you've done well financially, but to expect kids who maybe haven't even got enough time with the person who created the wealth to somehow be able to learn how to handle that pressure 
it's a real detriment. And I think the, the biggest, you know, the, the, the best example of that were the Vanderbilts. You know, they at one point uh, were the richest family in the world, arguably. And today there's not a single millionaire uh, with the last name Vanderbilt from that, from that particular yeah. family, other than Anderson Cooper, who just happens to be a Vanderbilt but he didn't get anything, no inheritance. He went out and built it all on their own. But, um, you know, there was a second generation of, of the Vanderbilts who was quoted as saying, like, you know, nothing's left him more unhappy and with nothing to live for than inherited wealth. Like it was a, yeah. it was actually an impediment to him being able to find fulfillment and find what he needed because everything was given to him. So he needed nothing. And he had nothing to offer anyone either at that point. So it can be a sad story. In that book, Entrusted, they actually call it affluenza, which is like an, a sickness that you pass along when you think you're giving, you're setting your kids up and you're actually destroying their lives because you're just passing them money, which yeah. is not what they need. It's interesting. Like I, I had this conversation with Aaron and with a couple people this past weekend, we were in um, uh, Scottsdale. Yeah. Oh, I just blanked on that uh, for a, for an event. And one of the people was talking about um, what wasn't one of the people at the event. It was somebody that we met there, a wealthy guy who was talking about units and just kept talking about units and units and units. And we both asked him like, well, what do you, what's the point of all those units? He said, leave them to my kids. They'll figure it out. And, you know, we just, we weren't, we weren't in coach mode. So we were just like, oh, that's cool, man. Awesome. You know, 5,000 units. That's a lot of units, you know, 20, 50 millions, whatever. I don't know. And I, all we could think like is, man, those poor kids. And that, that's what remind me, like it's affluenza is like, it's a, it's a major detriment to those kids because you didn't do the things that they needed. So they don't know their place in the world. They don't understand any type of authenticity because does the money bring the friends? You know, I had this conversation with um, Justin Tucker from the, the kicker for the Ravens. His son and my daughter went to school together. And um, it's tough because you don't know who your real friends are. Like, is it the fame and the money or is it that you like me? You know, and that's a real thing. So, you know, is it is does the kid now have that? Like, do my, do these people like me because I'm this guy's son and I have this kind of cash and this beach house and this Lambo. And if I didn't have any of these things would they still like me? But if I didn't have these things, would I actually be valuable? And I'm too scared to find out. So then they just live in this like ether, this middle ground until they die and pass that on to the next generation. Most likely some of them definitely change it generation to go, but I don't know, man. I, that was something that I faced with money in my twenties. A lot of money was who am I without this? And will anybody actually care? And I'm too scared to find out. Well, the universe said to me, oh, we'll show you. Here you go. <laughs> we're we're going to open up the tap and it's going to start draining and you're not going to be able to keep up and you're going to go to zero and you're going to go to negative 800 and then you're going to rebuild from there and you're going to learn a ton. And, uh, and that's what happened. So then the, the, you decided that you wanted a framework, right? So like you were working on yourself and, and there's the, the family was really a, a catalyst to springboard this thing. What, what happened next? Like, is that when you kind of came up across Hal in the miracle morning and started working on 
Yeah, that that came, you know, we were at a One Life Fully Lived event and we had been doing them. We saw Hal speak and then we had done the Miracle Morning uh, with our family. And then we saw him the next year at the same event. And uh, my son, Tyler, went up to Hal and, and read his affirmations. And at the time he was, I think, seven years old. And uh, Lindsay had said, hey, we'd really love to help write a version of the book that's for for kids and for families. And how was like, sure, let's do it. And so we were kind of like, whoa, like (laughs) we didn't we don't know if we're ready to write a book on parenting. But we realized like we were just going to write a manual on how to do the miracle morning with your family and also include in there, you know, what we thought was sort of an operations manual for a family. Like, how do you sort of become a team and get intentional about it? And we did an okay job with that, with the first version of the book. But just this last year, we realized like, man, we've learned so much in the last five years about parenting. And then we actually got to, through Fambundance, deliver live mastermind exercises where we facilitated families going through all of these different exercises like goal setting and family values and designing their family meetings and um, you know uh, coming up with uh, a bedtime ritual and a miracle morning ritual and so we we had all of this uh, this experience and and we looked at our book and we're like wow we really need to put out into the world these exercises so that we can impact families. And so we looked and said, you know what, let's rewrite the book. So we released a second edition and create a playbook that goes along with it where the family can get together and they can co-create all of these things as a family. And we're big believers in it needing to be a co-creation, a collaboration. And so you know, now we've got the framework dialed in and we've got house platform and, and as well as the GoBundance and FanBundance communities to really spread this message to the world. And, you know, I'd like to impact a thousand families in the next year. You know, that's kind of my big, my big goal. And, and I want to challenge entrepreneurs too, because they oftentimes are leaving their families to go work on the legacy. And then they use their families as the excuse for why they're doing that. And then they don't really bring home the best of who they are. Oftentimes the family gets like the leftover Mike or the leftover Ian, you know, whatever's left (laughs) at the end of the day. And they don't carve out the time for their family. Just like we said, it's important to carve out the time for yourself. But what about the family? When are they going to actually... Uh, learn what the values of the family are and what it means to be a McCarthy. And so we have the exercises in the book to do that. And and in our family, those values become guiding principles for how we show up in the good times and the challenging times and even in the bad times. You know, I'll tell a quick story because it's it it really illustrates that this stuff works in, in, in a way, you know, my daughter went away to a summer camp just this past year for the first time. And she was there for seven days. And on the first night we didn't notice, but she was trying to call us over and over again. And my wife and I missed all of the calls. And then we started to panic like, Oh my God, she got hurt and she's homesick. And you know, what's going on. And 
uh, we finally get a hold of her the next day after not sleeping very well and sort of we're all worried and angst. We're really just trying to project our own childhood traumas onto her, right? Yeah. Like <laughs> right. thinking the worst. So we get her on the call and she's, she says, no, daddy, everything's fine. I'm having a blast. I'm here being a playful adventurer. And that's one of our family values. And I'm like, yeah. wow, like there it is. She's living it. And then she goes on to say, cause I said to her, honey, we were really worried that you might've been homesick or something. And she goes, no daddy, but my roommate was homesick and I was a servant leader and I helped her to feel better about being homesick. And we were like, oh my gosh, like there nice. she is out in the world, her first venture into the world for seven days. And she's living our family values while she's at this camp. And then you realize like the earlier you start to do these things with your children and you start to teach them about values and about goal setting and about having collaborative meetings where you're appreciating each other and supporting one another then they learn to value that and learn that their family is this safe space that they get to 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 come to that helps them to become their best and uh, that's that's the mission that we're on is to challenge entrepreneurs to to bring some of that collaborative leadership home and really carve out the time to uh, be intentional about the exercises that they do together with their families so that they can teach them what it's like to be a great team. And if you can lead a great team, you're going to go far in life. And if you can set goals and achieve them, you're going to go far in life. If you can have values that you know and you live by that are strong values, then you're going you're gonna to do well in life. And so we just realized that we needed to do that for our own family first, but then we realized, you know, I'm in a position where I lead a, a lot of men and a lot of uh, entrepreneurs, either through Keller Williams or through GoBundance, and that, you know, I needed to do this and make this my mission because I can and because it's important. And so we're, we're fully dedicated to that mission. Well, without, without, uh, puffing you up too much. I mean, I credit you and Lindsay for the type of parents that we are today, you know, not like a hundred percent, but like you guys have a major, a major piece of the, the way that we, we lead in this family and empower the leadership in our kids. Now my son's 18 months, so he's not, I mean, he's, he's newer, but my daughter, um, and I shared this with Lindsay a couple of years ago, we were like, look, for everybody listening, you're not teaching your kids anything without showing them. You're not telling them anything. They're not going to listen to you. Oh, go do your affirmations. Oh, go, go, go write your goal. They're not going to do it. They're going to watch you do it and you do it together. So my daughter, when she was two, we started doing affirmations because she would sit in the sink next to me, literally in the sink. Cause I'd get up and I do affirmations and she would just watch me. And then when she learned how to talk, probably around two years old, like she started saying them. And I've got this really cute video. She's, she's probably like three years old and she's like screaming at, at the mirror, like empowered uh, these, these, these affirmations, like I am smart. I am beautiful. I am confident. And like, I watch her, you know, we have a pool has a really deep, deep end. And I watched her two weeks ago. I live in California, so it's, it's still open. Um, <laughs> she's like that. I want to go into the deep end. And it was just her and I in the pool. And I said, sure. Well, let's go. And I kind of swam down in the middle and she's like, what about my float? And I said, I don't think you need your float. I think you got this. 
And she, she, I, I watch her close her eyes and this is her program. And I watch her mouth. I know I'm scared. And even though I'm scared, I know I can do this. And she jumped and she got in and she like hugged me. She's like, see dad, I knew I could do it. And I was like, I knew you could do it too. She goes, yeah, but all that matters is that I knew I could do it. And I said, <laughs> yeah, she goes, that's my affirmation. Even though I'm scared, I know I can do this. And like the programming was a direct hit, which is awesome. And that comes from Miracle Morning for Families. Like it comes from the, the, the playbooks that you guys have written. I'm excited to read this new one because obviously she'll be six in about a month while we're recording this. And my son will be, my son will be two in, I don't know, four months or three months, something like that. So this is something that excites me more than business because this is real legacy. The money doesn't matter if the kids aren't set up for success in the future as who they are, not what they have or what they do. That's real legacy. And that, that, that excites me because that's something that's a part of my mission and the men on purpose mission, which is to change things from the last generation and generations forward. You're the catalyst of that. You know, like the organizations with you, the work that you've done have influenced me, which now influence hundreds of thousands of men around the world. It, it came from your work in you. I wouldn't have been influenced by you if you didn't do that work on you. So I'm challenging all the guys out there to think about it. Who's watching you? You don't have to be in Mike's position. Like you don't have to be high level up in regional director and go abundance president. It could just be your family. They're watching you every day. And you've got to make, like, I, I fail all the time with this. And I know you do too. We are not perfect by any means. However, there's an intentionality and a framework that we work within to make sure that the results are, are there. So if you don't lead anybody but yourself, like just, and you have kids, know they're watching you and they're judging everything that you do and they're, and they're gauging and their traumas are being set and their future is being set. So this is, dude, this is perfect. And I am the, the leader of this family. Truthfully, I don't think I'm the leader of this family, dude. I think I'm the driver of this family. I think my wife's the leader of this family, for real. Like, she's, she leads this family. I kind of drive around, and I'm in charge of the car, but she leads the, the charge. You know what I mean? And Absolutely. That's cool. Yeah, you got to all have your, your roles, right? Everybody's probably yeah. a leader in their own way. If, if we do it, you know, as we teach in the, the Miracle Morning for Parents and Families playbook, as we teach in there, it's really about everybody having, having the ability to be a leader in the family and for everybody's voices to matter equally. And you know what? Uh, I think the world is in a challenged place right now. I think most people would agree that there's a lot of division. There's a lot of uh, challenges that we face. And, you know, the bottom line is, Who's going to fix this? It's not going to be us because we're all like, we're getting older, like, and the problems are getting worse. If we're going to have a better earth with more compassion, with more unity, with more collaboration, with more abundance, it's really going to have to be our children that carry that torch. And so what are we doing to prepare them for the world that we're leaving them? Because the world that we're handing over to them is not that great of a legacy to be proud of. Like there's a lot of, a lot of stuff going on. So what we have to do is start with the family. I really believe that healing our, our, our world and our society, I think it starts with 
a higher level of respect for the importance of family and really coming together in that way. Because I think strong families produce highly capable individuals and highly capable individuals will go out and collaborate effectively with other highly capable individuals. And eventually, it's my highest hope, my wish, my prayer is that they will find a way to address so many of the challenges that we face as a species, as a society, yeah. as a country, um, as a world. So we've got a duty to do this. It's more important, uh, like you said, the, the person who is driving the, how many units they have. It's more important that he raises kids who are capable of solving problems than it is that he has another 10, hundred or thousand doors. Because at the end of the day, mm -hmm. what's most important, you can't take it with you and nobody gets out alive. So what's most important is that we keep this thing going and we make it as good as we can, we can make it. We leave it better than we, than we found it. Yeah, man. And we're doing, uh, we're doing some uh, collaboration with, abundance organization and the emerge and ascend programs which are sort of like the the entry level uh positions to the go abundance organization uh i have been a part of the go abundance organization for a long time and um it's interesting as i evolved the organization showed me a different side of it that was that was really valuable to me and i was telling you like as a real estate agent when i was in before I, I was like, I, I felt like I, uh, I felt like I didn't belong sometimes. And that was in me. It wasn't anything to do with you guys. But now, and now as a leader of this mission for men out there, GoBundance is like the place to be for me. You know what I mean? And I have, uh, I have this, this mission just like lives with me in there. So I, I really, uh, I appreciate and applaud you for growing the organization to the to the place that you have i'm grateful to you for being a leader for me even though you didn't know it but you're a leader and you and Lindsay were leaders for my family when my family was looking for like framework and understanding of how the hell do we do this how do we become purposeful parents how do we raise purposeful children you guys gave us a lot of insight to that so i'm i'm forever grateful for that man and i just i support everything you guys are doing and and the mental purpose world does too yeah, man. Well, we appreciate all the work you're doing to help that entry level part of GoBundance. You know, we realized that we needed to not just work with high net worth individuals, but we needed to help men and women get to that point and then go beyond it. And so we appreciate the work you do uh, with respect to that. I'll never forget doing the ropes course with with you and with your <laughs> wife in, in the yeah. FanBundance event. That you know, yep. you were so proud of, of her for, for, for yeah. getting up there and, and doing the thing that even though it, it scared her, she still did it. And, uh, your kids, your kid got to watch that and see that. Yeah. Uh, and, and so it's a beautiful thing, man. And, you know, go abundance. It's not just me, obviously it's David Osborne and Pat Hyben and, and Tim road and, and Chris Ryan now as our CEO, but it's really the whole tribe because just the way I spoke about uh, uh, leading the family where everybody's a leader within that, within that team, it's the same thing in GoBundance. We're, we're, all, we're all doing it together. It's a team, team effort. And we've, 
we've been tribe tribe driven and tribe led ever since we started because we listen to our members and we deliver what they want and we are willing to keep evolving in order to to stay in a position to be inspiring and to continue to mentor people uh, at, at whatever level they might be at. So it's an honor to work with you in, in that, in that way. And yeah. Yo, I, I really, uh, I look forward to what the future holds. It's um, it's super bright, man. Like this involvement of us as men, as leaders, it's, it's limitless possibilities. That's the best part. It's not our cash that's going to make change. It's like who we are and how we show up. And, and there's something so damn special about that. That, that excites me. You know, that really excites me. I'm excited for the winter event where Aaron and I are going to be speaking in January in park city. Yeah. Park city. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and all the cool stuff we're doing with Ascend. If obviously we'll put all the go button stuff in the show notes. Um, for those of you that know the mental purpose stuff, like the mental purpose programs and the front runner programs are in the go abundance world and Aaron and I run the coaching programs for ascend. And, and, uh, if you're interested though, all that stuff will be in the show notes. So Mike, this has been awesome, man. Appreciate you having you on. And, um, uh, when's the book, when's the book, uh, or where can people get the book? Yeah. They, if you go to Amazon, you can buy the miracle morning for parents and families, second edition of the book, or you can also pick up the Miracle Morning for Parents and Families playbook. Um, they do not need to go together, by the way. If you're looking to really get into action, I, I would point you to the playbook as the thing to get because it's, it's a standalone book and it's just filled with exercises that get you right into the action of building your legacy like we talked about today. Yeah. And uh, my wife has a, a, a website, a blog that she she does called gratefulparent.com. And uh, so that's another place. And then my website, uh, personal website is gomikemccarthy.com. If anybody's listening to this and they've got a group uh, of entrepreneurs or salespeople or high level executives that, that they would love this message to be delivered to them, I'm also on a mission to do virtual and in-person keynotes for the next year, just trying to impact a thousand, a thousand families. So I'd be honored to, uh, to work with anybody who it resonates with this mission. And I would invite everyone to join me on this mission because I think it's what can truly heal our, our society and our planet. Yeah. Agreed, man. Well, you're leading the charge, buddy, and it's happening. So, um, I'm taking notes and I'm helping however I can. So thanks for being here, man. Really appreciate it. I know the audience will get a lot out of this and uh, audience get out there, get, get, get all of Mike's stuff. Just order all of it. It's, it's all going to be purposeful and useful for you. <laughs> Go through it over the year, make your 2022, like really on purpose, very intentional. You know, if 2021 ended for you and you're like, man, another year went by and I just didn't get what I wanted. I don't have the results. My kids are yelling at me. Like, make a conscious change, be the leader that your family needs, because I guarantee you, besides just your inner family, there are people watching you all over the place and you could affect change faster than you even know by just making that commitment to yourself to make some changes in how you show up. So you're doing great things, man. Really great. Thanks, man. Yeah. What an honor and a pleasure it's been to have this conversation and this time with you. So I appreciate the opportunity. And even if just one family listens to our conversation and they make a change, like it's all worth it. So. Oh, hundred percent. 
All right, Mike McCarthy, thank you, my friend and audience. We will catch you on the next one.